Coming up on this episode of Globe Rider with Tony, we are talking about uncertainty. Right now, we're in a monumental time where we are in an uncertain place and an uncertain way that we're moving forward. How can this time of during the pandemic and how can your experiences before actually propel you forward and what you can do to embrace it a little more by dropping into your heart space and getting away from your brain space? Stay tuned as we discuss that more. everyone and welcome to another episode of Globe Rider with Tony. I am Tony your host and I'm so happy to have you joining with me today. I know that we are still in uncertain times and we're in a pandemic and we don't really know what's happening or what the future holds and there's more stuff that comes out every day right where we see on the news we see from doctors we see from our government we see from everywhere And a lot of us are a lot of confused and we don't really know what's happening and what's going on with all the answers and what's going to keep coming up for us. And that got me to the topic of uncertainty and how we are all dealing with it and what we're doing and why being in an uncertain place creates a lot of anxiety and how that uncertainty also pushes us to really grow and to really change and to really sit in it. And that's kind of the hardest thing ever when you're dealing with uncertainty. How can you glow brighter when you're uncertain about how a situation's gonna come up? How can you keep glowing whenever you know that you went to the doctor and you ha- you're waiting on test results and you don't know what they're gonna come to? Or you have something serious coming into your life and you have no clue, or you're going up for a new job and you wanna know and you're still just sitting there waiting. All of those uncertain moments hit us and they're hitting us all right now. This whole time since March, we've been in this place, I think even more maybe before March, but we've been in this uncertain place where we are heightened anxiety and we're heightened to everything that's going on. So we're hyper aware, we're hypersensitive and you know, sometimes it's hard to just sit in that space and to hold space for yourself. So what can we do? Like what kind of things can happen? How is that going to help us? And where do you go? And how do you get past it? And what can you do to even glow brighter? And what does that even look like to you? So we're going to discuss that all that more today. And we're going to get going with a few things that have happened. So I know even though there's this every year I have Friendsgiving and I've been doing Friendsgiving since I moved back to Texas in 2010, I think, and I've been having a Friendsgiving, and I love Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is my favorite, absolute favorite holiday, hands down, like the favorite, most one. If you've listened to my gratitude episode, you know I like love gratitude, and that's probably why I really love Thanksgiving. That and all the food, because I just load up on carbs and everything else, and you know when there's that test that it says, are you, um, are you looking for the turkey? Or are you looking for the sides? I'm a sides girl. Like give me all the sides in the world. I want to eat. I want to be merry. I want to be with my friends. I want to be with my family. Um, so I have a friendsgiving 
And I also have a separate one with my family. So it's, you know, I get all aspects of the Thanksgiving holiday. That's when you have a favorite holiday. You just extend that bad boy out. So on Friendsgiving, when I have people over, we always have this like table topics game. And I think we probably went through all those table topics in that little box cube God, I don't even know. Like it's, it always comes out. It always makes an appearance at Friendsgiving. And it's funny how your answers change from year to year. And if you've never seen the table topics, basically it's just random questions that you ask out loud to the group and you answer. There's this one question in the little cube table topics that says, are you a person that lives in the past, the present, or the future? And, you know, we all go around the rooms and we take turns and we really focus on like what that looks like for the individual person who's talking. And for me, I used to be a person back in the day, like 20 years, not 20 years, excuse me. And I was going to say in my twenties, that was very focused on the future and like, what's that's going to look like and how that's going to look and what kind of steps I'm going to do to achieve these certain things. When I'm in my thirties right now, I I'm in a present state of mind and I've been in a present state of mind for eight years. I really don't even look back at the past. I will to learn and grow and things, but I don't stay there. And I really don't even look to the future because for me, when I look to the future, I don't know if it's like a protective mechanism or a guarded thing where I don't really necessarily want to know. And maybe that's because that's an uncertain thing. And I've had events in my life that have changed and I don't necessarily rely on the future. So the only thing that I can control and personally do, um, is be in a state of mind in a present state of mind. And people would argue like, that's the best state of mind to be in. That's where you should be. And yeah, I think it's a very chill. It's a very good place to be in and it does help keep things into focus. And when we're in these uncertain times, and even whenever in my life, I think just generally, I just look at what I can control in my present environment. And that's what I tend to focus on. When I tend to go off into the future, that's whenever my anxiety about things that are happening go out of control and because I can't control what's going to happen or I don't know what's going to happen and therefore I go a little off kilter and that's when I found this article and in the article it was talking about how your brain cannot pick up the pieces that quickly and that the importance is relying on your heart and it's a book by a psychiatrist and her name is Amy Blotch. She's a doctor and she has a newly released book that was back in 2019 called The Power of Heart. And she says that the secret to migrating that anxiety is to shift the focus from your brain to your heart. And she gives several details, which we'll discuss whenever we come right back. So see you back here in a bit. Uncertainty is scary, right? Uncertainty also brings up a lot of fear. And when I found this article, so it's just an excerpt of the book by Amy Blotch, the psychiatrist, and it's called The Power of the Heart. And 
her research and her book and what she's been noticing is that we rely on our brains to push our desired outcomes. So we already, our brain is in the process of trying to solve all of our problems. That's how we do anything, right? Like we want to know, we want to have the answers. We don't like sitting in a space where we don't have answers because then that means that we don't know what's going on. And that makes our brains go really crazy. And it makes us think that we don't know anything. And then immediately when we rely on our brains in situations that are uncertain, we jump to the worst conclusions or the worst case scenarios. And that is what happens in the brain is it jumps to those conclusions. But when you are looking at the power of the heart and the difference between the two is when you drop into that space, it means you're holding space for yourself and you're holding space of not knowing. And when you don't know what's happening, you realize that's okay. So it's kind of like a meditative state. Whenever I was reading it, I was thinking that, you know, it's getting out of your heads, which we hear this all the time, get out of your head, get out of your mind and drop into a state of calm. And it's, you know, being mindful, it's dropping into a state of mindfulness, coming back to the present moment, because with the power of the heart, according to her book and her research is although the brain, like I said, jumps to conclusion, our heart makes space for the mystery and the infinite possibilities. So when the heart is involved or when you're in that heart space and you're thinking from that heart space, your heart knows that hell, you don't know what the hell is going on and you don't know what's going to happen. However, your outcome could be good, bad, you know, you don't know. It could be, it could turn the opposite way of what you were thinking. You know, your worst case scenario maybe probably turns into an okay one. And, or you hear it and you realize you have the strength within you because you've been dealing with unknown circumstances and unknown things your whole life, uncertain times your whole life. So we've all made it to this point, right? And we've all been in situations where we don't know what the hell is going to happen where life is going to come from. And yet we made it. We're still here. So that is the power of dropping in your heart and getting out of your headspace. Is it easy to do? No, 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 no. It's definitely not easy to do. But that's the beauty of uncertainty. And that's hard to even say that there's beauty in uncertainty. But there is because sometimes you realize you have more strength than you thought. You have the power to really understand that I'm kind of scared right now. I'm kind of in this vulnerable state and that's okay. I kind of need support from other people and that's okay. Um, It's kind of just bringing awareness into the uncertainty and saying like, hey, I am uncertain. This is happening, but it could be this, it could be that and the more brain power that I'm spending is not going to do me any good. It's like when you see that, that one, you know, picture or that quote, I'm not exactly sure who it's from, but it's like, you're wasting all this time worrying about something that you have no idea what's going to happen. And you read that and you're like, ah, that's so true, but it really is true. And I think for me, when I've been dealing with uncertain times or when I have in the past, I remember being in a state of not knowing what my life was going to look like 
and I was just in such pain. I was just in pain because I was stressed out about what the future holds and whether or not I was going to have certain people in my life or not. And I was really just focusing on all these external outcomes instead of looking at internally with me and thinking, what can I can control? What can I do? What's happening right now in my life? And what do I, what, what does that look like? I don't know, but this is what's happening. And I remember what I would tell myself, like, I just need to make it till Monday. And it was like a Thursday and I was like, I'll just make it to Monday. I'll make it to Monday because then it'll be a new week and I'll have some answers. Just make it to Monday. And I would continue to say that. Well, then I remember thinking, well, man, getting to Monday is really, really hard. So I just need to make it to two o'clock. And then it switched to that. And I was like, make it to three or make it to 10 minutes from now. Because sometimes when you are struggling so much with uncertainty, dropping into your heart center and looking at it that way is one option. But then the other option, like I said, is looking and being like, where am I at? What space do I hold? What's really happening? And where can I go? Staying busy during uncertain times is probably the best thing. So if you want to take up a new hobby or a new skill, like I said, y'all, I'm learning how to cross stitch and counted cross stitch. I do know how to sew, but I'm doing that and I'm going to be taking up the guitar and this is ways I'm channeling it into a good space. If you have like, you know, responsibilities out the wazoo and you're like, how can I change this for me? And how can I deal with it and sit with it? It might be something as simple as just, you know, sitting outside for five minutes while you have your coffee or tea or, you know, going on a walk with your family. It could be something like that, but it's like tangible things you can do to change up your headspace, change up the narrative. There is a lot of ways that uncertainty is coming at us and there's a lot of ways which we are approaching things and that we get into our heads and we get into the fear and we really don't know what that's going to look and how that's going to go and I think that's okay. You know, that's the that is the the what she talks about in her work. It's it, it's saying it's okay. We don't know. And to stay in that space of not knowing and that you know ultimately that the heart knows that you're capable. You know that you've handled everything up until this point and you will handle this too. Whatever this is in your life, whatever is happening, you will handle it. Will you handle it the most gracefully? No. Will you handle it kind of okay? Sure. Um, there's different times and how that happens when you're uncertain where that's going to come up. I think for me, one of the things, one of the most uncertain things was, I know I tell you guys that I have my dogs and I love them so much and they're like the loves of my life. And I remember I had my blue healer who's no longer living and he passed away back in 2016 and he, I still think about him I still have his ashes in my home and you know I there's never enough time right for anybody people animals anything and I remember that I went on a trip and when I was going I was like petting petting him and I noticed that he had his lump on this leg and I didn't think anything of it I thought maybe oh he might have got bit by something you know not a big deal 
my younger brother was watching the dogs for me while I was on my trip. And I remember telling him like, Hey, make sure you just watch out for Otis. Like, I think this is something. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll watch it. So when I got back from my trip, it was around Christmas and I would notice like various things with my dog that was different with him particularly. And I have three, so he's my middle dog. And I noticed that he had more labored breathing, that he was having a harder time, you know, getting up and doing certain things. And I didn't really know, but I was like, I'm going to make an appointment. It's, you know, Christmas time. I'm going to make an appointment. And I remember thinking like, oh, maybe it's just something of, of diabetes. Like it's not going to be that significant, you know, like even though that is significant. So in my brain, I was just like trying to decipher certain things. And when I was thinking about this, I went to the doctor's office and, you know, I always pat my dogs, different things. And I noticed that on his lymph nodes were really swollen and I didn't really know what that meant. I don't really know any of the doctor terms. Like that's not my forte, but I remember taking him into the vet and the vet was like, Tony, he has lymphoma. He has cancer all over his body. And I remember my life just like stopped because for me, this was something so significant. And I literally was like, what, what does that mean? Like, I seriously just thought I was coming in here for a little checkup. I didn't think this was going to happen. And I remember my vet telling me like, well, I don't think he has long Tony. And And, you know, immediately I'm like freaking out. Like, how will I know? How will I know? When will I know? What will you happen? What's going to happen? Will I know what's going to happen with him? Like immediately my brain is like going nuts, just trying to solve a problem, trying to jump to the conclusion, like trying to figure out what's going on. And I, and I didn't know, and I was scared as hell and I was very fearful and, you know, just knowing. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? And he's like, well, you know, it could be weeks, it could be months. I don't think you have that long. I think it stays. And I was shocked, like shocked. And I was like, no, that can't be. He was like, well, we can try the steroid and see if that helps him. And kit down some of the inflammation. Maybe that'll get by him a couple of months, you know, whatever. And I remember crying in my vet's office and I was like, well, I don't know. Like, I don't want anybody to suffer. Like, I want, how will I know this is time for him? And my vet's like, well, Tony, that's why we're a team. We're going to make this decision. But in that moment, I was just thinking like, I'm by myself. I am scared. I don't know what's happening. And this uncertainty is driving me insane. So I took Otis home and, you know, for a few days, the steroids did work and that was good. And I remember like when I let go of that fear during that time period, I was just with him and I loved on him and just, you know, gave him lots of hugs and cuddles. And just, I remember I was taking a shower and my dogs would always come in the bathroom and like be in there with me. And he was in there. He was my only dog and it was a small bathroom. And so he was in there and he was just breathing so hard. And I remember just crying, crying in the shower and and saying like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but you know, whoever, universe, angels, whomever you believe in. I was like, just watch over my baby, just watch over him and have him be at a place. And it was there that I just let go. And I felt that I dropped into that hard space. And I remember 
So maybe the appointment was on a Saturday and Otis made it to Tuesday and that's when he passed away in the yard and I was at work and I had made the decision that morning when I hugged him and like took him to work. I just, I knew it was time. And I remember telling him like, you know, I, I'm not ready for you to go. I don't know, you know, what's going to, that's going to look like, but I know that you need to go and I'm okay. Like I'm okay. And I remember going to work and I, God, I was bawling. Like people in the office never see me cry because I'm pretty like upbeat in the office and singing songs and doing things. But they were like, what is happening? And I remember calling my vet and my vet's like, we need to bring him in, you know, the next morning. And I said, no, he's like, no, Tony, you have to. But I didn't have to do that because when I got home, Otis had to pass away. And just in that short amount of time, I mean, it was just an uncertain place of being so fearful. And then whenever I changed it to, you're really focusing on Otis and focusing on the love and getting to appreciate him and his last moments and, you know, loving him up, it made it easier. So I think like, even though it was a stressful, uncertain thing, and I know the sometimes correlation with relating that to your animal or anything in your life is maybe if you don't have an animal, you're like, what? This doesn't make any sense to me. But you can relate that to being a friendship. You can relate that to anything where you're uncertain about how the relationship is going to go or how anything is going to happen and you don't know. And whenever you just really just settle in that spot, in that present spot, and you sit there and you realize it's okay, whatever's going to happen, I can do it. It makes being in the uncertain spot a little bit easier, just a little bit. I think the biggest thing with uncertainty and how to glow brighter is by releasing control and letting that just flow. Granted, I've said previously, I've said in this episode, that is not easy and it is not an easy task, but I think it is ultimately the ultimate goal. And I think in the work of Dr. Blotch on the power of the heart, that's basically what they're trying to get into. When we're trying to control so many things and we're trying to be in our headspace, we are really leading with fear and we're leading with anxiety and we cause more stress to ourselves than needed because we're trying to decipher and make up all of the ways that we can increase things, that we can make it better, that we can do things. And we go to every scenario and every conclusion and everything. It goes back to when in the same kind of flip of the coin, when you study Bray Brown's work and she talks about vulnerability and how when things are going well, Having joy and being vulnerable in joy is really hard because our past experiences have taught us that what if this happens? What if this goes wrong? And that joy is a very hard thing to live in as well. So it's kind of that same thing with uncertainty. It's walking in the fear, releasing it, finding ways that you can counterbalance it. And that is the biggest thing when you drop into your heart and you can call it whatever. You can meditate, you can stay busy. That's why I work out a lot and I work out because it helps clear my mind. And then the other things are having the time increments of saying, well, in one hour, if I make it to one hour, I can do this. Or if I can make it to Monday or if I can make it to this. 
when we're always going to be faced with times that are uncertain. We're always going to be faced with challenges that come up in our life. And this is just one big challenge that as a community, as a whole, as a nation, as a world platform that we're dealing with this, this pandemic, but that doesn't discount the fact that on a smaller level, on a small scale level, on your own individual playing field that you'll be dealing with uncertainty for the rest of your life. And the greatest thing that you can accomplish when you think about that is that you can think back to this time in the pandemic. You can think back to the time before that when you went to the doctor and your results came back good or they came out bad and you lived through it or you, it went a different way. There, I think the more pressure you put on yourself to have the answers brings up more stress and that dealing with uncertainty makes you go crazy. So if you have a support net that you can round up and like drop in and talk to that can help you. Or like I said, meditation is a great one. And then time increments, setting your intentions. Uncertainty is always going to be present. That's just the nature of the beast. That's just the nature of our life. And the more and more you do it, the more and more you can walk in it. It does not make it easy. It does not make it certain. And it still is like picking up the pieces. You know, I I remember after Otis passed, I legit was thinking, I don't know how to walk. Like, quote unquote, walk. I've always had these three with me my whole, for a long amount of time. How am I going to walk? What is that going to look like? How does that... How does that reframe my life? And that was scary, fearful too. But I walked in it and I did it. And now when I am faced with four to five years later with my oldest dog who is in kidney failure and has liver disease and liver cancer. And I don't know what's going to happen or when his time is coming. I watch him progressively get worse. And I think... I don't know, but this time around, I know that I've lived through it. It doesn't make it easier and it doesn't change the pain of any of our experiences or change that, but I do have the strength within to figure out how I'm going to go forward and how I can care better for this one based on my experiences with the other one. So uncertainty is here. I hope that you're embracing it. I hope that you're not leading in fear and that you're learning to let go and surrender and just let it flow. That is a lot easier said than done, but if it helps any of you or all of you, you're in this with someone else. You're not alone and that we're, we are here in this place together and we are striving forward. So let's walk together. Let's grow brighter together and let's just keep propelling us along, dropping into our heart space and really going with the guidance that I don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be okay. And okay is relative, of course, but for the most part, it's going to be, it's just going to be what it is. So go forward, friends. Go forward in your life. I hope you all have a very wonderful, great week. It is the start of July, and July is my favorite month, because one of my favorite months, because it is my birth month, and I love it, and I love the energy that it brings. So I am wishing you all a wonderful July and a wonderful week, and I hope you continue to glow brighter by being a bright spot in someone's light, by radiating your great energy, and by shining your light and abundance with the world. Have a very good week, and I'll see you back next week when we talk about another topic. Thanks so much.
Friends, stay connected with me. Follow me on Instagram at TonyAppled1. Or you can also check out my website at www.tonyappelt.com. That's spelled A-P-P-E-L-T. Thanks so much.